born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. Look there in your notes again, at uh, under number two there, there's a little small letter A, the word love. Love does not mean tolerance of error. We are commanded to judge. Judging with the intent to discern good and evil. So what helps us in our discernment is studying the word of God so that we can discern all things. But that doesn't mean standing in just being like you're God's avenging angel or judging angel in the lives of everybody else. So you can just point out all the dirt everybody else has got. You are so spiritual, you can see dirt in everybody. Tell me about it. Well, this is just for prayer. And buddy, they can let loose and tell you all the dirt on everybody. That's not a spiritual person. Because, you see, the key of being a spiritually minded, you want to help the person. You don't want to try to destroy a person. You want to help them walk with the Lord. So the next statement here, and you ought to underline this, spiritual judging is called discerning. And it applies to doctrine and situations. Judging with the intent to demean would be called judgmental. When you're trying to put a person down, shame a person, just try to destroy somebody, that you do not want to do. Look down at letter D. I put this in bold, but in the bold part there in the middle of your page, the godly love of the believer to all others is eternally focused, heaven, salvation, and then temporal. In other words, to love God Cause us to love others. And when we love other people, we become concerned about their eternal destiny. You see, people's greatest need is not how to make a living. I mean, it'd be great. It's not always getting money. It's not always having good health. Because sooner or later, you're going to run out of money and you're going to run out of health. Right? So that's not the most important thing. Now, we might make it that, but the person who really loves somebody... You want to help them spiritually. You want them to get right with God. Because if they know the Lord, and now they can walk with God through the rest of their life, you will not always be around. You can't walk through life holding everybody's hand. The greatest thing you can do is to help a person learn how to walk with God. And they'll learn that by your example, you walking with God. And if you do that, you'll be a great blessing to a lot of people. Turn in the Bible to the book of James in chapter 1. The book of James... And chapter 1. Here you'll see a couple of these statements that we've made. Chapter 1, verse 22. You'll notice there in James chapter 1, verse 22. Talking to believers, those who know the Lord. 
but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. So when you come to church, you hear the word. That's all God wanted you to do, right? Because he's going to hold you responsible for what you know. Be doers of the word. Our lives, we're supposed to live out what the word of God has placed within. And so he says, deceiving your own selves. Now, think about this. Can a person be deceived just because, well, I've heard the word. I've heard the word. But deceive yourself because you think, well, because I know what the word says, but you didn't do what the word says. You see, God's going to reward us in heaven for the things we did, not for the things we knew. He says here in verse 23, For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. You look in the mirror and you see that you've got turtleneck sweaters on your teeth. You've got uh, cobwebs in your hair. And you need a shave. Men. <laughs> well, anyway, who knows now? It's hard to tell. But you're supposed to let that mirror reveal to you what you need to do. You might need to brush your teeth, and you might need to comb your hair, and you might need to wash your face. See, the Word of God is to show us what we need to correct, and then correct the problem. You should not be the same way today that you were five years ago or ten years ago. You should be more spiritually minded today than you were then. Your life ought to be closer to the Lord and living closer to the Lord and being more like the Lord and knowing more of the Word of God and more of the will of God and more of the love of God than you were before. It doesn't get less, it gets more. And then he says here in verse 24, For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty. Now this is that royal law. This is the law of Christ, where you allow the word of God to change you. Remember, the reason we study the Bible after we trusted Christ as Savior is to change us. It doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. It just means that God has so much more for you. He wants to use us. And so he says, and continueth therein, he being a forgetful here, but a doer of the work, this man shall be and you underline, blessed in his deeds. That word blessed means also happy. That goes back to chapter 1. Being blessed by God. And if you'll do what God's word has to say. So this is the walking in the spirit. Walking in obedience to what the word of God has to say. Now look very quickly there in 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy in chapter 2. Now this uh, scripture is not in... Your notes, but I would highly recommend writing it down because it can help you a lot later. Just two verses here I want to show you. One is in verse 25 and the other verse 26. But because we're talking about people who have, well, have shipwrecked in their life. Where their faith is not strong. Where they've been overthrown. And so he says in verse 25, in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves. See, some people make decisions for their life that are against them, that hurts them, that leads them in the wrong direction. Your love for them is what causes you to want to help them realize the error of their way so that you can 
Help them go in the right direction. Because you see, the one thing we want more than anything else in the world is when you get right with the Lord in your spiritual life, you want God's blessings on all of God's children. You want all of God's children to love the Lord. You want them all, to, when they get to heaven, you want them to be blessed by God with all these rewards and however God wants to use them. And the thing is, but it starts now. It starts here. So he says, if God prevention will give them repentance, a change of mind to the acknowledging of the truth. So people who get, well, in error in their life and they fault and stumble and don't walk with God, it's because they believe something that's in error. They're not believing something right. They're believing a lie somewhere. So he says, to acknowledging of the truth. God may use you to help somebody else learn how to walk with God. And it may not be that you have got Thousands of people up in heaven because you, you got them to trust them. But it might be that you could have thousands in heaven that you've influenced to serve the Lord and to walk with God. You can allow God to use you at all times. Now look at the next verse, verse 26. And that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. Anytime you walk in the flesh, Satan can control you. Satan can get you. Satan can bring you down. And that's why there's a lot of people in the Bible that fell. It didn't have to, but they get deceived and thinking that there's no problem. It's not that bad. And whatever it is, uh, lies come with it. Now go back to the book of Galatians in chapter 6. Now there's a couple words that are mentioned here that I think we need to take a look at, but Turn your page to page two. Page two. Now we know from the study of James, we've looked at before, God does not tempt any man to sin. But every man is tempted because of the trials and tribulations that we go through. And so there's a little statement here that I would uh, like to see you underline and that's right before verse 2 where it says, God tests believers through circumstances and relationships. You are going to be tested. Your faith is on trial. And so therefore you need to understand, you can fall because of what people say and do. Things get hard. Trials turn you against God. Make you mad at people. You can get mad at church. You get mad at the preacher. Look how many different sermons that I preach on how many different issues. If I can't make you mad on all of them, I, I'm not mind I'm doing something right. Nobody's going to agree with the preacher perfectly on everything. You should, but you probably won't. But anyway, there is uh, number two, verse two. I want you to see this. Burdens in this verse means problems or troubles. It is different from the word that's used down in verse five. Which talking about your task or your responsibility. Because there's two verses here that talks about burden. Having a burden. And so there are people who have burdens. And sometimes those burdens wear them down. Too much for them to carry. They need some help. They need some guidance. So you'll see there in verse 2. Bear you one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. It's love when you're willing to help somebody else share their burden, and you're trying to help them and encourage them and to lift them up, whether by just being there and praying for them and helping them whatever way you can. 
that's a wonderful thing to do because that's God's way of loving somebody. You see, we don't see God down here doing all these things. He wants to do it through us. So when we do it, that's God doing it, but he's doing it through us. And God says, when you get to heaven, I'm going to reward you because you did that for me. You did it for the Lord. So always keep in mind that if you do whatever you do for the Lord, God keeps the books and you don't have to keep them. You don't have to always remember all the good deeds you did. You don't have to worry about it. Just do it. He'll keep the books. And God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love. It would be a sin for God to forget what you did for him. And if you did it for him, you don't have to get praise, honor, and glory from people. Because God will take care of that. So here in this uh, verse 3. If a man think himself to be something, I'm, no, I'm somebody. Pride, referenced here, is referring back to verse 1. Don't lift yourself up and think that you're so high upon the ladder that you could never fall. Anybody can fall at any time. You take your eyes off the Lord. And buddy, you can think wrong and you're going to have a fault in your thinking. It's faulty. It's not firing right. And then you're going to stumble. And you're going to fall. And then you're going to wind up going the wrong direction. Some people, they have to go all the way down that sliding board because it's hard to stop halfway. They usually have to go clean to the bottom before they realize, I need to look up and serve the Lord. So sometimes God has to get a two before over your head. Well, whatever it takes. But God always loves his children, and God can chasten his children. So you know that, and you understand that. Now, we know that from the book of Proverbs, chapter 6, verse 17, there's, um, well, what's the first word that's found there? Anybody remember? You know that uh, word that's uh, pride reference here is referring back to verse 1. What is the first sin noted in Proverbs? There's some things that God hates, and it's pride. And what's the middle letter in the word pride? I, and that will be your problem. The verse 4, prove or examine your own work. See there verse 4 in the book of Galatians? But let every man prove or test his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. In other words, get to where you have peace of mind. You are walking in the Spirit. You are doing what God wants you to do. And not because you're trying to steal some joy off of somebody. It's called joy moochers. Years ago, they used to have everybody, you know, bumming cigarettes off of somebody. You know, you couldn't afford your own, so you just bum somebody else, and they'd be always looking around trying to find some, and they'd get to get two, two more draws off, and they'd get fine enough. And they'd always, can I bum a cigarette off? Can I, can I bum a cigarette off? They're, they're never going to pay them back, but they just want to bum a cigarette. There's people who want to, can I, can, I, can I bum some of your joy off of you? Can I get some of your happiness? I, I, can I have some of your joy? Or, get your own. Get your own. Walk with the Lord and be satisfied with what God is doing with you, with what you have, where you are. And do something great for the Lord. And therefore, you have got to have this walk with the Lord. Nobody can walk with God for you. That's something every man has to do for himself. And some people will never do anything. And they're just always sitting around, never doing anything. And whenever life is all over, what did you do? Yeah, well, I knew what I should have done. Yeah, but did you do it? You're not going to be rewarded for what you knew you should have done. What did you do? Every man has to give account of himself to the Lord. That's found somewhere in the Bible. Romans chapter 14. 
Well, well, look, it's right there in your notes. Under verse 4. To whom do we ultimately answer? To others or to God? Romans 14, 12. Every man must give an account of himself to God. And the next verse is talking about don't compare yourself with others who commend themselves and brag about themselves and how great they are. They will answer to God, just like every man answers to God. You can tell people what you're doing and so forth, but nobody can really figure out your own motive. I've had people say, well, I know Yankee's real motive. That's great. Sometimes I'm not even sure of my real motive. I do what I do mainly because I... I just believe it's the right thing to do. And sometimes I do things because I, I feel like if I don't do it, God's going to zap me. And I don't want to be zapped by the Lord. I don't want to be chastened. You say, that's not a good motive. Well, maybe not, but I'm telling you why. I, I'm human. And I don't always think high and lofty. Sometimes I get down and I get a little discouraged. Do you think since I have been here in almost 10 years, that I've ever gotten discouraged since I've been here by anything or anybody. Whatever you know about me, just think, I'm the preacher. What do you think I know about you? If you find fault in me, you think I find any? Hello? So maybe we ought to just encourage each other to serve the Lord and not get out our magnifying glasses and find out how much we can find on somebody, you know. Because some people that do that, see, the devil wants to bring you down. And sometimes he can use people close to you that can bring you down. You always have to watch. Always be careful. Verse 5 here in your notes. Burden in this verse is different from the word used up here. This is talking about a task or responsibility. See, there's a job that I have to do. There's a ministry that God has for me. That I'm supposed to fulfill my ministry. But there's people who have heavy burdens and problems and need to be lifted up in prayer. We just finished praying for a couple of people here tonight. This is the will of God for us to pray for them, to encourage them. And if possible, people can visit them. I'm thankful for all the ladies in here that go by and visit a lot of the people that are in hospitals and so forth. I can't visit everybody. It's impossible. I can't do all. People are supposed to help each other. Look at the next statement. Under letter F there, we bear others' problems and concerns. While we bear our own tasks, our ministry, our responsibility, the Great Commission, and at the same time, trying to help Christians who have maybe fell along the way, try to help and encourage people. Our job is not to try to, you know, somebody falls and you just want to put your foot on their head and push them on down in the mud. You want to try to help people up because you want them to walk. And sometimes what hurts is you've got to tell people truth. Because he says by administering truth, they're able to recover themselves out of the snare of the devil. To the acknowledging of truth. And I have a statement I'll show you in just a minute. Because um, you cannot help restore anybody who does not want to be restored. It's impossible. You can't do it. Now down at the bottom here, the law of sowing and reaping. Is a principle or cause and effect. In other words, if you do this, this will happen. You do that, that'll happen. Cause and effects. We do what we do because there's a cause. What did you do? Cause. <laughs> what? I, I ate the pie. Why? Well, cause it was there. There's always a cause. And that's why we always talk about the first cause in the whole world has to be God. The first cause. 
He caused everything. Well, what caused God? Nothing. God has always been. So he has to be the first cause of everything else that went on. But the law of sowing and reaping and the law of the harvest, there is always you reap what you sow, you reap later than you sow, and you reap a lot more than you sow. And so that's what is mentioned down through here. Now, verse 6 is very simple. It means that those who preach the gospel should live of the gospel. And those who teach you spiritual things, then you can share back with him. Sometimes by a compliment, a word of, uh, you know, of honor or praise, or in, in, that, that really helped me. You'd be surprised the comfort it brings to me sometimes when I have somebody that I haven't heard from in 30, 40 years. And it's, I just want to thank you for leading me to the Lord at Ranch. I just got one such a letter. In 1973, I had this person to the Lord. I don't even know who they are. But they went to my ranch, and they trusted Christ as Savior. And I don't even know what they're doing anymore, but they sent me an email and just, just thanking me. And I just thought, that, that, that's wonderful. I wonder who it was. I used to speak down at Florida Bible College when they'd have 1,200, 1,300 students at FBC. I'm one guy that's standing up there. They'd fly me down from Colorado, and I'd speak in chapel. And here's about, you know, 1,200 students, and I'm one person. Now, how hard is it for all of them to memorize the word Yankee. And in 10 years down the road, or 15 years, or 20 years down the road, they'll walk up to me and say, I was in that chapel. You remember me? (laughs) And some people get a little bent out of shape if I don't remember them. Sure, I remember you. You were sitting on the third row, fourth foot. (laughs) No, I don't remember them. You said, do you ever lie? White ones. No. Have you ever had somebody walk up to you? <laughs> I like my new hairdo. <laughs> and you want to tell the truth. It looks like a hand grenade exploded. <laughs> but you don't always say that. You know, it, that's different. That's different. Uh, page three. Page three. Y'all can study these, some of these notes uh, you know, on your own, and I know you will. But uh, these are a couple of good little statements down through here. You're going to reap. You're going to reap what you sow, and you're going to reap later and a lot more of it. So if you sow to the flesh, like you want to sow your wild oats while you're young, you just remember down the road, when you least expect it, here comes some of those wild oats and cause you a lot of problems later on in life that you thought it doesn't really matter. I'm going to... Have my fun while I can, while I'm young. And then when I get old like you, then I'll, uh, I'll slow down. and Yeah, some of them <laughs> never got to be as old as I did. I've done their funerals. Number eight, verse eight. This speaks to the quality of life. Those three little words, you ought to underline it. Quality of life. Because you see... When you sow to the Spirit, you're going to walk in the Spirit, and God's going to reward you when you get to heaven. Yes, with eternal, that'll be forever. But the joy that you have, it sure raises the quality of your life. When I think about the years I've already lived and how bad they could have been had I not known the Lord, if I didn't know the Lord and never, you know, I think how bad my life would have been. But because of the Lord... He raised my quality of life. And see, if you want to raise the quality of your life, you have to raise the quality of your thoughts. 
And God says you have to raise your quality of your thoughts to think like God. Think like God. And that's what he's talking about. Renewing your mind. Your ways are not like God's. Your thoughts are not like God's. But if you'll put God's thoughts into your mind, it can raise the quality of your life. And you'll live a better quality life. It will work. Down in verse 9 here, if we faint not means don't quit. Don't quit. And as you go through life, you're going to find out you're going to have opportunities. And opportunities are on wheels. And they're rolling your way. And if you have some spiritual discernment, you can spot opportunities that most people will not take advantage of. Look at the statement there in your notes. Number one, opportunities are temporary and conditional. One, they're temporary because they don't last forever. They're short-lived. And conditional because if you're not prepared, you cannot take advantage of those opportunities. So that's why we want kids to learn the Word of God so that while they're young, they can learn to have some good discernment and spot an opportunity because of that discernment and be prepared to take an advantage of that opportunity. And we will cover the next lecture in a couple of days. Look up here. This hand represents you and me, and the wallet represents sin. We all have sin on us. God loves us. Now, he hates our sin, but he loves us. So God loves everybody in the whole world. I didn't know that at one time. I thought because I did all these bad things, God hates me. No, God loves me. He just hates what I did wrong. And to pay for sin is eternal separation from God. Well, I knew one day I'm going to die, but I didn't know I was going to be separated from God in a place called hell. I didn't think I was going to go to hell. I didn't think I was that bad. Until I heard somebody tell me that to go to heaven, you have to be perfect. And nobody's perfect. And that you can't save yourself by your good works. I didn't even listen to the whole thing about the answer. I just started bawling. And then my father-in-law told me the rest of it. This is Jesus Christ. He's the Lord God in the flesh. Came into the world because he loved me. He hated my sins because it separated us. So Jesus Christ, who had no sin, didn't have to die. So he took all of my sins, paid for them on the cross, came back from the dead. And says, Yankee... The only thing you have to do to go to heaven is will you believe I did that for you. Now, let's just forget the whole world. Let's just forget for a moment that he died for everybody in the whole world, paid for everybody's sins. Let's just think about just little old me. Just little old me. And God saw me and he loved me. Sent his son just for me. Took all of my sin, just mine. Paid for them on the cross. Came back from the dead and said, Yankee, I did it just for you. Would you believe I did that for you? What kind of a person would I be if I said, no, I'm not interested. I'm going to work my way to heaven. God says, there is no way to earn it. It's free. It's a gift. And all I had to do was believe that. That made sense to me, and I trusted Christ as my Savior. And I know I'm going to heaven when I die. But guess what? He did it for you and for you and for you and you and you. He did it for how many people? everybody in the world and paid for everybody's sins and all he wants you to do is believe he did it for you and he'll give eternal life as a gift. Best news in the world. Let's pray, shall we? With every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around. If you have never trusted Christ, why not do it right now? I'm not going to have you stand up or come forward. not going to embarrass you, but right where you're sitting. Say, preacher, that made sense to me and right now I will trust Christ as my Savior.
I want to know that I'm going to heaven when I die, and I'd like for you to pray for me. Would you slip your hand up very quickly and put it right back down? And one and all. If you've already trusted the Lord, you don't have to do it again. But if you haven't, would you do it right now? If you're watching by internet, right on the screen, it says, yes, I'll trust Christ as my Savior. I appreciate it if you just let us know. Father, we thank you again for your blessings. Thank you for all you've done for us. Thanks for giving us the book of Galatians so that we can read and understand these things and how that you want us to walk with you because you love us and that you love others and want to love them through us. So bless each one here. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Have you ever heard preachers tell you that you must turn from sins to be saved and go to heaven? Does that mean you must turn from only the big sins or all sins before God will save you? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book, or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.